mood.tv Alright everybody, welcome to White Wasabi. Uh, this is our first ever podcast for Moot TV. If you're not familiar with White Wasabi, that's cool. Neither are we. <laughs> uh, I'm Sensei Match, and with me today is EJ5000. How's it going? Uh, how's it going with you today, dude? Actually, I feel a little under the weather, which I think is going to work out better for the podcast because... Uh, Normally I have a, a nasally voice, but now it's a little bit low. It's a little bit more NPR for you. H- how are you? You're going to get that, that good, sexy voice going for the first podcast? As I'm hoping. I'm hoping to, to, to get it and keep it. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, actually, on this end, uh, you know, things are going well. Um, little nervous. First podcast ever. Uh and you know this has been a long time coming, us getting uh, getting things together here, and uh, you know getting sponsorships all, all lined up. And uh, by that I mean my girlfriend giving me twenty dollars to buy a microphone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I guess let's kick it off here and uh, get into our our first anime. Uh, the White Wasabi Podcast is dedicated to anime and manga and all awesome things Japanese entertainment. Um, so we're starting off with uh, Sword Art Online, which is, of course, incredibly hard to say over and over again. <laughs> so we'll go with uh, SAO from here on out. That's good. And, uh, I like that. I do believe, according to uh, a Wikipedia, that that is the common nomenclature as of today. Uh, is SAO. Uh, so we're adhering to industry standards. <laughs> we, we're all about industry standards. Uh, so <clears throat> let's get this kicked off. Um, episode one. Um, first impressions uh, on my end here. It's interesting uh, for me to watch a, an anime like this because, well, I had initially watched it with subtitles, and you know sometimes it's tough to keep up with action when you're trying to read subtitles, uh, so it, it can be a little tough. Uh, just rewatched episode one a couple of times, and with uh, the English translation, it's a, it's a little easier, uh, you know, to to understand what's going on. Um, one thing I should make plainly clear is that I don't play RPGs, MMORPGs. Uh, I've always kind of found them to be a pain in the ass, uh, which is odd because I really like this anime um, because it removes the elements that I don't like. Uh, things like in your in your battles and, and fights, uh, I don't I don't like flipping through twenty five menus to find a, an attack or a spell, and you know having having that kind of thing. Uh, take 45 minutes for a battle is is ridiculous to me. I, I'm much more into first-person shooters, and uh, I like the instant gratification. Well, for for our listeners, I'd say let's let's even back up a step further. Sure, uh, sure. Because I'm uh, I'm I'm gonna read the uh, the plot synopsis real quick here from Wikipedia, quick paragraph, and then we're gonna tell people what an MORPG is because. Uh, 
I realize this podcast, if you're familiar with anime, great, uh, but this stuff can be real insider baseball, which doesn't even really make sense as a saying for an anime, but what that means is a lot of the stuff we're talking about, you might not have any clue about if you're not familiar. So, Well, except for baseball anime. <laughs> is there other baseball like like uh, uh, oh indeed there are oh boy we have season four that that'll be we'll, this podcast will go on in, infinitely <laughs> all right so here we go this is uh this is directly again from Wikipedia um, and I'm just gonna read the first paragraph here it says Sword Art Online SAO is a virtual reality massively multiplayer online role playing game which is there we have the VRMMORPG released in 2022. With the Nerve Gear, a helmet that stimulates the user's five senses via their brain, players can experience and control their in-game characters with their minds. On November 6, 10,000 players log into SAO's mainframe for the first time and discover that they are unable to log out. They are then informed by, this is where you're going to have to help me, Akiko Kayaba, the creator of SAO and Nerve Gear, that if they wish to be free, they must reach the 100th floor of the game's castle and defeat the final boss. Additionally, in-game death or removal of the nerve gear out of game is designed to cause a microwave emitters in the device to kill the players. Yeah, so the long and short of it is uh, Kaiba, the creator, uh, the game master, doesn't want anybody to leave. Uh, you got to complete all 100 levels and defeat all 100 bosses, um, or you can't get out of the game, uh, basically. And if you die in the game, you die in real life. And if someone removes the virtual reality uh, gear, the uh, the nerve gear, you die. So it is quite literally a game of death. Um, and it's the first time in uh, in this uh, in this reality uh, in 2022 uh, where a fully immersive virtual reality experience is available to the public. Um, so there's a huge player base that wants in on this game and everybody's very excited for it. And this is what happens right off the bat. People start dying, um, right, right from the get go. The first day of the game, uh, 213 people die, uh, because people from outside the game remove the nerve gear. Uh, so it right, right from the get go, there's you know there's a sense of urgency and there's a sense of uh of finality uh to what's going on here now we don't find that out in the episode until i want to say the episodes are about 22 minutes in mm-hmm. and we find this out whenever as you said uh what's this guy's name kayaba kaiba uh kaiba kaiba uh, I... yeah okay so <laughs> this is again a few minutes into the episode and this is after all the gamers are hanging out, and they they are in their awesome different outfits, and they look like uh, the I, I they they are avatars. They they have user created avatars. They get to look however they want, um, you know, very much like uh, anonymous uh, people online. You get to do and say whatever you want. You could say you're a 16 year old girl, and and there is a, a comment about that um, in the uh, in the very first episode. Uh, but, and I'm sure this is where you were going, uh, that all gets removed. Yes. And that, uh, to backtrack, we start off and we meet, uh, who's, who's the main guy here? I'm, I'm terrible Ki- with the names. Kirito. Okay, so. Kirito. He's the main antagonist, uh, a, a 20-something dude. Uh, I, I Actually, I think he's, he's a little younger. He may be high school aged. I, I'll have to take a look. 
Uh, let, let's look at the Wikipedia to find out. Yeah, and, and the animes usually seem to have high school kids doing things that uh, adults couldn't dream of doing. So it's probably you're probably yeah. probably a teenager. Um, and so he, we, we, the first scene, I, I believe, after he goes into the game, which is as Sensei said, is him uh, meeting up with another player for the first time. And that's kind of how we're introduced to the world. Uh, it's a good device, I think. It's a good way for people to kind of get the idea of the plot. Because in the, within the intro, you understand this is it's a show that's like The Matrix, but it's a self-induced fun video game. And you're like, okay, that's cool. I mean, I, 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 I at first when I read about this, I was like, this is going to be silly. Okay, great. It's another, this idea doesn't seem like a new idea. But at the same time, it's like, let's see what they can do. And I got to say in that first scene too, you're already... You're already you're you're paying attention to the characters, uh, though something that I'm seeing with this show is they're notorious for building up a character, only for you to to lose them. Not to jump ahead too much, but um, uh, you you do see some of that, and uh, like you said, this the the initial character that we uh, that Kirito meets is uh, is Klein, and uh, Klein asks him for help. He says, you know, you you look like you know what you're doing, um, and and that actually expands out a little bit further, and we'll get to that in a, in a bit. Um, but he says, you know, you look like you know what you're doing, and uh, can you can you give me a hand here? I'm I'm having trouble. And through the episode, that relationship is built up. Um, he and Klein become friends pretty quickly, uh, mostly through Kirito helping him. Um, but then they they split and go their separate ways. Um, and like I said, we'd, we'd come back to Kirito knowing what he was doing. Um, he was uh, a beta tester for the for the game. And uh, for those who don't have any kind of background in this, uh, a beta tester gets to, to test out a, an earlier version of the game and report back bugs and uh, give input uh, to help make uh, the, the release version of the game um, more uh release worthy is that get sure, the bugs out uh, yeah 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 um so he has more experience in the game than anybody else this is the first day anybody's been able to play it other than the 100 beta testers uh one of them was uh was our main uh antagonist uh, kirito yeah which that whole that as as this as the plot moves forward too it's really neat how uh, I have this written down, and maybe this will be for... Uh, well, we re-explore this in the second segment of our show. But I really liked how they... Again, this is a really simple idea for a story. It's Tron. It's The Matrix. It's like, oh, no, you got sucked into a video game at its base level. But they add these other levels where the beta testers are ostracized for their knowledge. And they're almost... They are almost attacked like pariahs because they do and do not know what's going on. Um, and you see this divide certainly in episode two and three and, and a little bit in this first episode. Um, yeah, absolutely. Which I thought was like a really neat idea, again, for this this idea that's not super new. Yeah, absolutely. And it, uh, like you said, we'll, we'll expand on that more, um, especially, you know, in episode two. Um, <clears throat> but it is, it is a very um, unique device to create even more uh, drama within this world that is 
already fraught with drama. It, it's already very, very real uh, for these people, and it's already uh, a huge um, impact on their lives. And it it really is going to push the storyline even further. One other thing that I that I found kind of interesting about this, um, as I said, I don't play these types of games. I, I do have friends who do, and I've uh, they've tried to suck me into them before and I just I just couldn't do it um, but there's a very specific mention at the beginning that there is no magic uh, in this game that really to me um, kind of brought down that it, the finality of things where there's no bringing somebody back from death there's no uh, instant instant healing. Uh, you know, uh, available to save someone who's on the brink. Um, so it, that was just another piece because every every uh, RPG that I've seen, uh, you know, from Final Fantasy to uh, Warcraft uh, or World of Warcraft, um, they all have some type of magic element, which is you know very common in in this type of fantasy world um, because they're not games based on death I, I guess you could say you from my understanding you could go play uh, World of Warcraft for you know for years and uh, and not or you shouldn't be killing other players um, and, and that also comes into play here uh, yeah and yeah, it's just going to say spoiler alert for this entire show. This is what we're doing. We're talking about this show, so we will interject with facts ahead and behind. My bad. And no, and I I was going to also add on that where they they do make a very definite point of telling us that there's no magic, but then they 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 don't very they don't hold to that too accurately, or their definition of magic is very loose because. Uh, as you said, there there are enchanted objects or things like that that can bring people back from the dead, and that there are magic attacks, even though they might not be considered magic attacks. There are special moves, um, which is all the stuff you love in your anime anyway. You want to see the guy doing the crazy named move that has seven American words together that don't really make sense, and then it looks awesome, and they kill a dragon or something. So uh, there is tons of that. <laughs> All right, and that's uh, a pretty good spot to take a break. My voice is getting hoarse, and I could use a, an ice-cold iced tea. Uh, so we'll be back in a few. Welcome back to White Wasabi, our first podcast. Um, now, I think we wanted to uh, get a little bit off of uh, you know the initial plot and get into some other aspects of Sao. Um, EJ, you you had mentioned you wanted to uh, kind of get into the uh, animation style, uh, so I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, um, I was surprised at visually how the anime looked. Um, I'm used to watching some of the darker, certainly adult-specific-themed anime, like your Bleach or um, Soul Eater, and the animation style is very dark. Uh, the the design character design is very dark, and the animation style seems to be 
uh, more concentrated on character design than it does on smooth animation. But I felt with this right off the bat that it felt almost like a Saturday morning cartoon. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a good way where you could tell that they they had it. It feels like they had a high production value going in and that they intended for lots of people to see this as opposed to a niche market, which I thought was really neat coming right out of the gate. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I can absolutely agree with that. The um <clears throat> The, the character styling is not as, as sharp as some of the uh, other animes, um, uh, things like Death Note or um, uh, uh, can't think of anything else off the top of my head right now. But for a an anime that has such serious subject matter, to have that more cartoony feel to it. Um, and even in the first episode, uh, where they talk about not feeling pain and I, I believe it's the first episode where he, uh, he cuts his hand and, and it, it starts to bleed and it, even the blood drips are very cartoony, which is a, a weird thing to say about a cartoon, but, um, they very much are. And it, I, it's a weird dichotomy um, between very dark subject matter and very light animation. Yeah, I think I think they were certainly trying to get a, a broader audience with this. And I think that probably has a lot to do with the success of the show. Uh, when we were talking about what, what, episode, or what show to start off with, I was thinking about things that are trending, to tell you the truth. I said, you know, what, what's popular right now that I haven't seen or that I don't know about that I know is popular? And we came, I came across this show because it's very popular on Netflix. Um, and I know that Netflix doesn't necessarily have to cater to any children or small, small kids, but this is a show that I would feel comfortable watching with my kid without thinking twice, although we watch other shows that I would think twice about as well. <laughs> Fair enough. So I think the animation style had a lot to do with that Like right off the bat. It's, it seems friendly and shiny. It's almost like an avatar look, uh, if you will, even though the animation I think is even a little smoother on this, more, more of like a avatar and Yu-Gi-Oh mix, if that makes any sense to anybody. Yeah, actually, <laughs> now, now that you mentioned, I haven't seen Yu-Gi-Oh in, in- years and years uh but yeah it, it definitely is a an interesting mix of of those two styles um and what i what i do like about it as well as far as the um <clears throat> the, the animation style is they do switch uh between uh that smooth style and when they get into some of the uh, down the road some of the fight scenes um it, you do see things speed up quite a bit um, in order to uh, take full advantage of those action sequences, which is a very smart move on their part. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing that I was thinking about this first episode that was something of, with the story that I just thought was very funny. I'm referring to my notes here, so this is this is where I'm going to inter- interject with this hilarious little thing that I came across in my mind. So whenever we're introduced to all the characters first, we are under the assumption and we're told that this is what their avatar looks like. Now, the device that they're wearing scans their face, and so the faces are their own, or at least similar to their own. But the bodies and the armor and everything else, we're told, are things that you can buy and or customize within the game. Now, we have the bad guy shows up, and he's talking to everybody, and he's like, hey, I just killed 290 people, or they killed themselves, or you're going to die if you take off your helmet. And now I'm going to make you look like you do in the real world. 
So he, he, he does this program or switch or whatever, and now everybody looks like they do in the real world minus the fancy clothes. Now, what I found most funny about this, and gamers out there everywhere, feel free to start hating, but I've never seen so many skinny, good-looking people in a crowd <laughs> of supposed gamers in my life. Now, I know it's a video game anime, so we're not going for reality in the first place, but there was nigh one chubby belly in that entire audience of gamers. I thought that was really interesting. Uh, no, that is hysterical. And you know what? I, I didn't... I didn't happen to notice that, uh, and <laughs> that's great. So, yeah, uh, please feel free to hate. We we love the hate. Um, <laughs> now, by no means do we, you know, do we mean to say that every single gamer fits that living in their parents' basement, never seeing the light of day, type two diabetes archetype, but. Um, it's just the f- a fact that there are some like that, and you would think in a group of 10,000 gamers, you'd at least have a handful, but it really does speak to um, the way that, uh, you know, the Japanese view uh, society, and very much, uh, this is one of the things that surprised me, Um in a lot of your your anime, your your main hero of the uh, of the story is usually um, a very um, European or you know American looking uh, character. Your your bleach, uh, you know, blonde hair, uh, blue eyed, uh, uh, or your Goku's when they go Super Saiyan, blonde hair, blue eyed, Naruto, Naruto. Um, you see this this theme a lot. Um, here, uh, Kirito, both his original avatar and his actual uh, his actual self, dark hair, dark eyes. Now we will come in and see other characters uh, like Klein, um, who has red hair, um, or uh, maybe he's a ginger. I'm not sure, um, but it was very interesting for me to see that and and i like that very much cuz i like to see the a little more reality injected into into the storyline um similar to you know like a death note um where the majority of your of your characters are um you know dark hair dark eyes um and, and it it really speaks to that the the reality of the people making the series um and what they see around them yeah absolutely all right, well, that brings us to the end of our first episode of White Wasabi. Um, check us out next time. Uh, we'll be dipping into episode two of Sword Art Online uh, one month after this. Went. That, that didn't come out right. Uh, the next episode has a time skip of one month. Not that we'll be recording another episode in one month from now. It'll be sooner than that, I promise. Uh, or actually I could be lying but it'll probably be sooner either way you should check us out at moot.tv for all kinds of entertainment news updates on all the stuff that we do which is all awesome so leave comments Uh, we'll probably read them and then delete them but uh, you know it's it's still good for you to leave stuff That'd that'd be great that'd be good thanks for listening and we'll catch up with you next time Mood.tv